Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Um, get into an attitude of, of prayer. Uh, dear God, I just want to thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for the people that has gathered together today to listen a word that comes from you. I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit will bring uh, revelation to our lives and, and the freedom that we receive by your word, Lord. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, today I want to uh, talk a little bit about worship. Um, I was kind of um, praying to the Lord because um, I wanted to, to like maybe share a, a longer message, but it will be too long. I, I won't be able to finish it. So um, I had to kind of make it, make it short. But, uh, but I want to talk before I enter into the, uh, the message, um, something that is kind of there that is tied in or that ties in with it, and it's the benefits of worshiping the Lord. When we, um, well, number one, as believers, we have to worship the Lord, of course. We need to um, praise him and recognize that, that um, you know, that he's God Almighty, that he's the creator, that he, um, his will is above everything in our lives. So, now, when, when, I'm, when I'm saying uh, worship time, I'm not talking about that worship that is, you know, uh, living for, for the Lord or, or live in obedience, which is correct. That's a way to worship the Lord, too. To obey him, to live according to his commandments, of course. But I'm not talking about that kind of worship. I'm talking about the time during the day or during the week, whatever. That, that time that we take to express our worship with our, with our, with our words to the Lord. Maybe through songs or maybe through, I don't know, just um, yourself uh, Speaking to the Lord, whatever you, you, you have in your heart, whatever you, you feel for the Lord. I'm talking about that worship time. Amen? So, when we worship the Lord, when we take a time to sing a song to the Lord, or even here during the, the worship time uh, in church, we receive uh, a number of benefits, if you will. And I just want to talk one or two minutes about a few of them, uh, being the number one is freedom. Freedom. When we worship the Lord, we receive freedom in our lives. Whatever it is, if you feel like you're going through a lot, a, a lot of, I don't know, stress, that you need relief, and maybe, hey, course we all go through those times that we say I don't know what to do I don't know what else I have to do to to go on with my life whatever or maybe you're saying hey I'm going through temptation maybe the the, tem the tem temptation is every day bigger in my life and I don't know what to do when I'm feeling tempted 
Or maybe, hey, you know what, even an addiction, whatever it is, you say, hey, I want to stop doing this. I I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't want to drink alcohol anymore. And maybe, uh, um, um, I I don't know, this this, this addiction is kind of, I, I cannot control it, whatever. If you start to worship the Lord, if you're going on your car, you turn on the, 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 the radio, the Christian radio station, or you put whatever music, uh, Christian uh, songs to worship the Lord, immediately, if you're, of course, worshiping to the Lord, or if you're worshiping the Lord with your heart, immediately you will receive freedom and relief. The Lord will take away whatever is stressing you. The peace of the Lord will come to your, to your life, or to your heart, to your mind. The Holy Spirit will start to show himself many times in a, in a physical way. You will be able many times when we worship the Lord, we can feel him even in our body. We know something is going on. We know the Lord is doing something. Amen. And the, and the other one that I want to talk about, just to not make it too long, and, and um, that's a way longer message that, I, that it has to be for another day, is freedom too, but from the demonic attacks. When we feel like the enemy is coming behind us, and we feel like we're being spiritually attacked. You know what? Maybe you don't have any problem. Maybe that day you're okay and you're just taking it easy in your bed. And all of a sudden, all kind of thoughts start to come to your mind. Hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? Look at the world. Look at this. Look at that. Maybe you're feeling, uh, I, was, I was talking just a little parenthesis. Here, I was talking to somebody here from church, and he said, hey, Nathan, uh, now that I decided to, um, to, to, to work with the Lord even more than, than before, now the enemy is attacking me from every single or, or in every single area of my life, financially, spiritually, all these, all these kind of things, or almost every single uh, aspect of, of of his life, he was saying. And uh, and and you know what? He was okay. And the day he said, "Okay, I'm gonna start to do this for the Lord," immediately all kind of problems started to come to his mind. Um, um, all kind of of um, challenges to his life that were that were maybe causing some stress for him. But you know what, now closing that parenthesis, you know what, when that kind of things happen, when we identify, hey, maybe it's not the circumstances, maybe my family's okay, everything is okay, and I'm, I'm, and I'm just having all these worries out of nowhere, it's the enemy bringing torment to your life. It's the enemy wanted to take away the peace of the Lord from you, of course. That's the time. When you got to get on your knees and start to praise the Lord, start to worship the Lord, 
start to confess the name of Jesus, when you start to say, thank you, Lord, for the cross, thank you for the blood, thank you for your sacrifice, thank you for your grace, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your favor in my life, for your protection. There is something special. When we worship the Lord, we have access to his glory. Amen. A door opens. Uh, a spiritual door opens. Hey, you know, we cannot see what happened in, in, in the spiritual world all the time. Many, some uh, might have a vision here or a dream there, but it's not like all the time we can see what's going on in the spiritual world. But when we worship, the spiritual world shakes the enemy. The enemy cannot endure when somebody is worship, worshiping the Lord. He has to run away. He will run away. When you start to worship the Lord, when you worship the Lord, the enemy cannot touch you. He will not even want to be there. Amen? So, now, in order to receive all this freedom that, that I was sharing, we need to know a few things um, um, or, or, well, it's, it's, not a, it's not that I'm saying all what we need to, to know, but I just want to mention today three of all those things that uh, it will be good to know to have an actual time of worship. So I want to start with the number one. First thing we should know to have an effective worship time. And it is that by faith, we can worship at any time and at any place. 24-7, no matter where you are, you can always worship the Lord. Now, Romans 5-2 says, Through whom also we have access by faith into, into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have access by faith. When we worship the Lord, we need to have faith. We need to worship the Lord with faith. With all of our hearts. To really know that the Lord is listening to us. That it's not that we're just, um, I don't know, saying words to the air or, or, or whatever. Or that our worship is not going beyond the ceiling, I don't know. We need to believe. We need to believe that the Lord is there. Amen. Now, everywhere uh, we go, it's good to worship the Lord. It doesn't matter. Maybe you'll say, uh, hey, Pastor Nathan, um, I don't know. I, um, in, in my, in my, at home, there's too much noise. The kids make a lot of noise. Um, when I was, uh, when I came to Canada, though, that I, that I came to visit uh, my sister, and I was staying with her, um, it was always uh, for me not not a big struggle because I learned to to worship the Lord no no matter what what is around me. But I can get when people say, "Hey, it's, it's too much noise here at at home," because my sister has four kids, three boys, one girl, 
and Latinos. So they are noisy. They know how to be noisy. It's like in our blood or something. We're noisy people. And sometimes, hey, I want to like listen to, to, to my music or something, but they're, the, the, the three boys screaming were way louder than my, than my um, earbuds. So, but you know what? Many times I had just to cover myself with the sheets, forget about the music, and just in, in, a, in a very low tone of voice started to confess uh, the name of the Lord and start to worship the Lord and start to thank, thank him. Now, now that I'm, so every morning uh, since, I don't know, years ago, um, I wake up at, at six. It's not like I, um, I, I, I do believe it is the Lord who wakes me up at six every morning to pray. It's not like I put my alarm uh, or something. It's really, I believe it's the Lord asking me or waking me up to, to pray at that time. So when I was single, hey, not a problem. I could, <laughs> I could say my prayers out loud in, in my room alone, right? I'll bother nobody. But now that I have a wife, I don't want to wake her up, right? Especially so early. So, hey, you know what? I just, the same thing. I stay under my sheets, praying and worshiping. That's, that's what I do. In, in the mornings, what I do, that's my worship time. My time to worship the Lord. I don't, I don't pray too much. I don't do too much intercession. For me, it's more like um, my half an hour maybe or whatever it is. It's, it's not always the, the same time. Sometimes, hey, it's 15 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. But whatever the, the Lord is putting in my heart, I will do. But I know that normally that's for me uh, a time where I say, hey, this is my little altar here. In my side of the bed, I sleep on the, on the, um, I, I have like a little, I have a quarter of the bed for me to the, to the very extreme to the left, right? If I move, I fall off. And you know what? For me, that's my altar in there. I, I thank the Lord for his blood, for his mercy. I worship him. I pray for, for my family. I pray for whatever it is, but especially I worship the Lord. That's my little altar. And I want to mention uh, two Bible verses today. The first uh, one is in Genesis 12, 6 to 8. And I want to talk about Abraham because Abraham was a, a man of altar. When, when you go to Genesis and you read the story of Abraham... You realize that this guy, wherever he uh, went, he built an altar to the Lord. And I'm just talking about the ones that are mentioned in the Bible. Or actually, I'll, uh, we'll read about only two altars. But um, of course, we don't have the whole life of Abraham in, in the Bible. So I'm, I'm sure that the, the Bible maybe mentions maybe four or five or six but I'm sure that it was way more altars that he built. So Genesis 12, verse uh, 6 to 8, 
says, Abraham passed through the land of the place of Shechem, or whatever you say it, as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh, and the Canaanites were then in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. That's the first altar in, in, in this Bible passage. Verse 8. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So here is a man. He had a heart to worship the Lord. And for him, a way to worship the Lord was to build an altar. An altar uh, to honor God, to worship the Lord. And this is kind of what we have to do in our life as well, wherever we go. We can build, uh, build an altar for the Lord. I have, I know, and, and I know many people does it too. But I, ha I know a lot of people. For them, their altar is the car. That's the, the place for them to, to uh, in fact, back to where, where I was to, uh, with my sister. Many times I'll have to go to the car to pray and worship the Lord. People was looking at me like, okay, hey, what's that crazy guy speaking alone in, in, in the car? Whatever, I don't care anymore. Sometimes I just put my, my earbuds and it looks like if I'm on a call or something. Just to not look that crazy. But I don't care. I'll go. I'll go. And, and, and if I'm walking or whatever in the car, I'll be praying to the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Maybe another for others will be, hey, the washroom, <laughs> the bathroom. When they are uh, having a shower, they worship the Lord or whatever. When they are shaving or I don't know, whatever. But we always have to have a special place and a special time to worship the Lord. A place that, that we know that, hey, every time I... I get into this place, immediately it reminds me that I need to worship the Lord. That's the kind of heart that Abraham had. He said, okay, now I'm here. I'm going to build an altar in this place because for me, this is the place where I want to come and worship the Lord every day or every whatever, or every time I, I, I need it or every time I want to come and worship the Lord. So that's, again, Like Abraham, we need to be people of altar. This in here, yeah, this is an altar, yeah. This is a, a, a place that we need to respect and that, and, and that should be used only to, um, to preach the word of God and to, and, to, um, and to sing to the Lord and to worship the Lord. But that doesn't mean that this in here is the only altar where we can come. To worship the Lord. We can have our own altar in our house, in our car, whatever you want. 
Now, it is important. It is important to have a place to worship the Lord. Right now, maybe because of all, uh, our culture or, or because um, we're now under the grace and we understand that, hey, every, any place is good to worship the Lord. Maybe we don't, we don't understand how important it is sometimes. But when we go to the times of Jesus, we realize that for the people in Israel, yeah, that was a big deal. A place to worship the Lord, that was a big deal. In fact, it was one of the things that were separating two nations. They were enemies. They didn't like each other just because the the just because where the temple was located. Now I want to read John 4, verse 20 to 24. John chapter 4, 20, uh, verse 20 to 24. It says, this is the, the lady. We know the story of this lady that had, I don't know how many husbands. The Lord told her, hey, call your husband. Hey, I don't have a husband. Yeah, exactly. No, you don't. Because you have had, I think he said seven. And now, whatever. You had nobody with you. So she says, hey, I think you were a prophet or something. And then, verse 20 she says to, to Jesus, our fathers worship on this mountain. And you, Jews, say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. There was a big battle in there. And in fact, the Jews were correct. According to the law of God, the place to worship the Lord was in the temple. We will see a little bit more about that. Yeah, the Jews were right, but the, uh, the Samaritans and the Jews were enemies. So the Samaritans didn't want to go to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. And to make it worse, the Jews did not want the Samaritans to come and worship the Lord. That was a terrible situation in there. They were total enemies. They did not like each other's at all. So the Samaritans started to, and, and we have to accept that it happened, to twist the word um, and, and saying, hey, this is the place uh, where Abraham uh, came. Uh, when, when she's talking about um, our fathers worship in the, in this, on this mountain, she was talking about Abraham coming to sacrifice Isaac on that mountain, on that mountain where, where she was at. And no, that was not the correct place. The, the Jews were correct. The law of God said in the temple you have to bring the sacrifices to worship the Lord. That, that was the way uh, to perform the sacrifices at that time according to the law. To sacrifice an animal. That, that's the way they used to worship the Lord by sacrifices I mean. So she's like, hey, you, you guys say it's only Jerusalem, but hey, our, our fathers worship here in, as well. Verse 21, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship 
what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is the spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And truth. So Jesus is saying, hey, you know what? We as Jews, we're correct. The place to worship is here in the temple. But let me tell you something, woman. The day will come that the temple will disappear. Nobody will even worship in this place or in Jerusalem, I mean, anymore. Now the place is not that important. He's saying, or, or he's saying, he's more saying, the day will come that the place will not be that important. That you will have just, as long as you're worshiping spirit and truth, that's what the Lord wants. No matter if he's in the temple, the, the temple doesn't exist anymore. There is a, a mosque the, the, where the uh, temple that they were talking about was, it was destroyed and they built a, uh, a Muslim mosque, a Muslim religious building, whatever. So who's going to go and, and worship Jesus in there? Nobody. But the Lord is not, he doesn't care about the place anymore. He cares about somebody that has in his heart a real heart to, to worship him. No matter where he is. If, in, if you're in Jerusalem, or if you're, I don't know, in Niagara Falls, whatever it is, whatever you are, the important is that you have a heart to worship the Lord. That's the correct way to worship him. So that was uh, point number one. It is by faith that we worship the Lord. It's not about the place. Church is not the only place where we come to worship the Lord. And I'm not saying don't come to church. You don't need to come to church. Of course, the, the word says we, we, should, we have to congregate. We have to uh, all get um, together and worship the Lord all together. But also in our own time, we have to have our own altar for the Lord. Number two, worship is only possible through the sacrifice of Jesus. With his sacrifice, Jesus opened a way for us to have access to the glory of God or to the presence of God. Because of his sacrifice, now we don't need the temple anymore. Because of his sacrifice, now God sees the heart and not the place. I want to read Mark 15, verse 37 and 38. I'll say it again, Mark chapter 15, verse 37 to 38. This is Jesus on the cross. It says, and Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then, verse 38, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to the bottom. So for those that um, never heard before of the veil that was in the temple, 
and why it's so important for this um, veil uh, to, 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 to be turned, to, to disappear or to be destroyed. Let me read Exodus 26, 33, uh, verse 33 and 34. I'll read it for you guys. This is the Lord speaking to Moses. And you shall hang the veil from the claps. Then you shall, you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. You shall put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony in the most holy. So the mercy seat where they had to sprinkle the, the, the blood for forgiveness of sin. And that was a, a symbol of Jesus' sacrifice. Was behind a giant veil that was about 11 centimeters thick. It was not like, uh, you know, uh, one of these thin fabric, whatever. It was like a thick veil that was the dividing, basically, to, to, make, to, to make it more clear. The, uh, the glory of God, the presence of God in the temple from the rest of the temple. There was something that was stopping man... Or to make it more clear too, the veil was stopping people to have access to the glory of God. Basically, it was a way for the Lord to say, you can only come to me this close, but you still have to stay away from me. It was a divider. There was a division between us and the presence of God. Why was this? Because of sin. Because of sin, there was a division between God and people. To the, to the most holy, only once a year, uh, the priest had to go to sprinkle the, 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 the blood on the, uh, on the mercy seat. First, he had to sacrifice an, an animal for his own sins to receive for forgiveness from, for himself. Otherwise, once um, going into the most holy, he will die. Amen? So only once a year, it was permitted for the highest priest to go to the, to the most holy. But when Jesus died, and the veil was torn, God was sending a message. Saying, we no longer need the veil. Nothing is dividing God from men from now on. Now, to have access to the most holy is only by the blood of Jesus. If you're worshiping God without Jesus, it's not real worship. If you're praising the Lord... Without a mentioning of Jesus' sacrifice or at least believing in Jesus' sacrifice as the only way to make it to, to the Lord. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. 
he opened a way for us to worship the Lord. And he did it through his sacrifice. Hebrews 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, that, that's the, the same place of the Old Testament, the, the most holy, by the blood of Jesus, I will read that again. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter to the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh. So now the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, from now on, it's not about the veil, it's not about the temple. Now we can go with boldness. Why is he saying with boldness? Because... As I explained before, the old, the, in the Old Testament, uh, the priest will fear to go to the most holy place. Because they were always, of course, fearing like, hey, if there is a, a sin that I didn't confess, I'm going to die. So they were never going with boldness, but always afraid of dying. In fact, the... Um, the um, uh, Books of history of the Hebrews said that many times they will tie a little bell to their ankle just to know that he was still alive. Like, okay, as long as the bell is still tickling or making uh, noise, we know that the guy is, is, is still alive inside the, the most holy. They will tie also a rope in case of death. They will pull him out. And the body won't stay inside the most holy. So this time was like no boldness. These guys were really afraid to go into the presence of God. But now, through the blood of Jesus, as we have been sharing, anywhere, at any time, I can go with boldness. Knowing that God won't reject me. Knowing that God won't, um, I don't know. Send me away or kill me or whatever. Now I can go with confidence. Knowing that the veil is there no more. There is no, no more division between God and I. And I can go to his presence to worship him. Through the blood of Jesus. And the last thing I want to share today. Number three. Uh, the third thing I, we should know. To have an effective time of worship. Is without the Holy Spirit, we cannot worship the Lord. Without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, it is impossible. In fact, it is the Holy Spirit, the one who guides us to worship the Lord. Whenever, like I said before, if you're in your car, if you're, I don't know, if you're in your bed, if it is, I don't know, whatever you are, and you start to feel something in you. Like, okay, I need to pray. I need to worship the Lord. I need to take five minutes. Or I need to start to worship the Lord right now. That's the Holy Spirit taking you to worship the Lord. It's not yourself. It's not your flesh. Your flesh will never take you to, to uh, worship the Lord. It is only by the Holy Spirit that we can worship Him. Ephesians 2 uh, chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 18. Ephesians 2, 18 says, 
For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Only through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can worship the Lord. So if, you're say, if, if you say, hey, Nathan, Pastor Nathan, Brother Nathan, I recognize that I need to worship the Lord more often. Maybe I'm not doing it in, in daily basis and, and, and I feel like I should be doing it in, in, on daily basis. You know what? Ask the Lord for more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Ask to the Lord to say, give me more of your Holy Spirit. Give me more of your Holy Spirit. The Lord will give you the Holy Spirit limitless. The more you ask, the more you receive. There is no limit when it comes to the, to the Holy Spirit. Amen? So it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can worship the Lord or worship the Father. Philippians 3, uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 2 and 3 says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. You will notice that there is a capital S in the word spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. I want to talk about, hey, something that happens. And it's especially about um, music. I want to open up parentheses in here about worshiping the Lord with music. It is okay. It is totally biblical to use music to worship the Lord. However, there is a special power in music itself too. And it is like, hey, we like it. And many times... An unbeliever, and I want to be clear on this that I'm going to say. An unbeliever cannot worship the Lord. Somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus as his Savior cannot worship the Lord. Only by the Holy Spirit we can worship the Lord. Only by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross, we have access to the presence of the Lord. Only by believing in Jesus we receive the Holy Spirit. If we're not believers, if we do not believe in Jesus, you can sing a lot of songs and you can like a lot of Christian music. In fact, I know a lot of people that they are not believers, but when they listen a song, they sing it and they feel like worshiping the Lord. And they think they are worshiping the Lord. As soon as you turn off the volume or the music, they cannot worship. They don't know what to say. They know, don't know what to do. Because it's only about the music. It's not through the Holy Spirit. Is that making sense? Amen? So it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can worship the Lord. That's why in here Paul is saying, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. For many 
to worship the Lord is about the smoke and the lights and, and hey, I don't mind the smoke, I don't mind the lights, I don't like the uh, nice cream, whatever, to worship the Lord. All that kind of things, I don't mind. But we need to be aware that many people think that they are worshiping the Lord and they are not even going to heaven. They, have, they are not even born again believers. So not because I see somebody singing a worship song means that it is through the Holy Spirit. It can be only the music. So one more time. If you say, Pastor Nathan, I need to worship more. I want to worship more. Don't try to worship in your own flesh. Don't, don't find the, the five steps to be a worshiper. The program of the, I don't know, 1,500 stages or levels to a higher, I don't know, elevated worship, heavenly, whatever. I don't know. Put the name you want. No. It's simple. You ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Lord to give you more of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 139 Verse 7, I want to ask the worship team to, to come and just uh, uh, play maybe one, one song to, to uh, close this time of teaching. Psalm 139, verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? When you have a heart to worship the Lord, Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit will always be there saying to your heart, worship the Lord. Say praises to the Lord. When we really have a life in the Holy Spirit, he will do the work on us. Wherever we go, we cannot even avoid it. The Holy Spirit will always put a word of worship and a word of praises in, in our minds. So um, let's just take... Uh, this time we can we can um, uh, just uh, worship the Lord for this time. If you if you want to get on your feet, if you want to stay on the chair, if you want to go on your knees, whatever it is, let's take a time to worship the Lord. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.